This program is sponsored by Walter Anderson Nursery. If you have a green thumb or have always wanted one, then get ready for Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery, hosted by Ken Anderson, along with David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman. Garden Talk aims to introduce new ideas, help solve problems, and keep you up to date on the latest developments in the nursery and landscaping industry. Call in now with your gardening questions, 888-344-1170. That's 888-344-1170. Now, here are your Garden Talk hosts, Ken, David, Mark, and George. Garden Talk here on AM 1170 KCBQ and KPRZ. I am David Ross along with Mark Mahady and George Allman. Ken is off today and I asked him what he was doing and he, I think, answered me, but I don't think I listened to what the answer is, so I'm not (laughs) sure exactly what he's doing, but it is a planned morning off. Correct. Very good. Good for him. Good morning, guys. Good morning. morning. How are you gentlemen doing? I gentlemen am doing all right. Or, or I'm sorry. Are you ref- which well, of a, are you referring I said to gentlemen, us as it's gentlemen? Plural. It's yeah, plural. Yeah. yeah so. No. I, I, I'm okay. Doing I fine. take that back. How you doing, Mark? Thank, thank, <laughs> thank you. you. <laughs> I'm doing well. I was. Uh, all right. Is, is it good to be back home? It's very nice to be back, but it was it, an incredible journey. But it's warmer here. It is warmer. Here. Even well, if it's 39 this morning, it's still yeah, warmer, isn't it? There was frost here. Um, there was frost here, but I was on an incredible journey down to Antarctica. And In the bottom is, of the globe. Yeah. From Ushuaia, the bottom of the world. I think the last, what do they say? Anyway, the yeah. bottom of the world. It is it was amazing down there. There's a lot of snow and ice and icebergs. Did you know that? Mm. I, I've, I've never been quite that far south. I've been to pretty far south, south of Australia on a ship once, but not quite to Antarctica. Well, I... I Put set foot on Antarctica. I was smart enough to do the polar bear plunge and no, that yeah, I saw that. That wasn't the, smart. The thirty degree water from thirty two degree air. It was zero centigrade most of the time with a little bit of wind chill, but it was amazing. And for those of you who are concerned, penguins do not appear to be an endangered species. Nor do they look very aggressive. No, <laughs> no, that is one. Antarctica, the Falklands, and South Georgia Island, and the animals are not afraid of, of humans, which is a really neat thing. I experienced that once in the Galapagos, and it's really neat to be able to walk amongst animals that are not running away from you. They don't care that you're there because you are not a threat. Pretty amazing. Thank you very much, Miss Mary. But now, Unbelievable. Now, you know, I, I scheduled the classes now for up in, in Poway for the Poway store on Saturdays, and I signed you up to teach a class on the, the plants of Antarctica. Did you bring pictures back and, and I, talk I about all the plants? I did, and they, are, they take their uh, biosecurity in South Georgia Island very, very seriously. We had to wash and disinfect boots. We had to go through Velcro on snow pants with or rain pants with tweezers to make sure there were no seeds or berries. They vacuumed out our pockets and backpacks and they take it very very seriously except for one thing the most prolific flower on south georgia island you know what that is well i i do because i saw some photos so i won't answer that question it's the invasive dandelion and that is the one thing that they're not going to try and control Control. because they cannot control it but there were some gorgeous dandelions i was thinking about making a salad and then or wine no i was not thinking about making wine 
I was thinking about making a salad. I saw the, uh, <laughs> the picture, and there are a lot of dandelions. Yes. Um, I have a picture of a big, beautiful, yellow, blooming dandelion with penguins behind it, which is kind of cool. But everything else is off limits, but not dandelions. Anyway, great, great trip. If anybody gets the opportunity to go south, I recommend it highly. Very good. Particularly in their summer months. Yes, I <laughs> recommend that even more highly. But um, great, great trip. Again, thank you very, very much. Um, but we do have cold weather here. I've had frost three nights this week, and I think the frost was the thickest this morning as it's been all week. I didn't see Actually, any. Actually, that's not true because I had to hose off my windshield two mornings ago because the ice was thick on it, and it took it a minute to, to clear it down. So... Uh, beautiful blue, blue, beautiful full moon this morning. Uh, Clear skies. Beautiful rain that we had this last week to greet me upon my return. And good soaking rain. Uh, nice and steady. And we are expecting more this coming week. Wednesday, I think, is it supposed to start. You know, the models haven't come into agreement yet. So Wednesday, Thursday. Ish. And the amount is still yet to be determined. Um but it looks like we're going to have a good rain event this next week. So I hope everyone has turned off their sprinklers. Correct. Turn them off. Or not turn them on if you do it manually. Mine are off. Okay, Mine have been good. off for a while. I'm wondering. Trying to save water. I'm wondering if Ken <laughs> has turned his off because he'd be the one sitting over he, there. Yeah, I, I believe last week he said he did, in fact, turn his off due to that rain. So. Thank you. So you listen on occasion. I, 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 periodically. Good, 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 good. Unless I'm talking um, and I don't. It is, oh, you know, very interesting. Uh, we had to land in NASA on the way, NASA, the Bahamas on the way home. To, Not Long Island, to the go county. through uh, security because the Transportation Security Administration does not recognize the Ushuaia Airport as a safe airport. So we can't leave from Ushuaia and come straight into the U.S. So we had to go to NASA and deplane and go through security and get back on. But I noticed how late we were there until 6 or 7, and the sun was just coming up. And in the southern hemisphere, the sun was up almost all night. Which brings us to next week, right? Tuesday. I think that's where I was headed. Yeah, Tuesday. What happens on Tuesday? Tuesday at 7.59 a.m. in San Diego, we reach our winter Solstice. The sun is at its <laughs> furthest, to, the furthest point south on on Tuesday. You and then had I'll, to go through that. I, in your yeah, mind I don't know again. why. For some reason, I keep wanting to say equinox this year. Because uh, when we say equinox, we realize in our heads that it's it's not, wrong, and that's why you pause yes. so you don't say. It. Anyway, the solstice. Yes. The sun is going to be at its furthest point south for us, and after that, the days will start getting longer, albeit slowly, but they will be getting longer. So I was there in the middle of summer. Almost the middle of well, the peak of summer the is going to be summer. on next week, right? I just missed it. Just missed it. Uh. Missed it by that much. Thanks, <laughs> Maxwell. Exactly. Um, it it uh, didn't feel like summer. Although, <laughs> no. you know what? The Falklands, it was 50 degrees in the Falklands. It's warmer than it was here now, right this moment. That's nice. We were on two private islands in the Falklands that were covered with sheep, and one of them has burrowing penguins, which I did not know existed, and sheep. on this. I have a picture with burrowing penguins and sheep in the same frame. And it's not doctored in any way. That was kind of cool. Interesting. Yeah, yes, that is. A, I would have not known that either. Yeah. Who? Matter who of fact, knew? I wouldn't have believed you. Oh, I'll show you the picture and then. Correct. You can, if you can believe me. Um, 
So what did I miss horticulturally? I saw that the potted bare root trees came in. Uh, they look good for the most part. Beautiful figs and pomegranates. Almonds. A lot of cane berries. A George? Lot, uh, uh, almonds <laughs> or no? Almond Brothers. L- lots of um, blueberries. A lot of uh, different varieties of blueberries. I, uh, I sent an email to the guy that we got those. Berries from. say berries from last year. That was in Arkansas, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, Tuesday. I haven't heard from him. I don't know if I'm doing it. I'm guessing I'm doing it not according to his protocols, and so I'm going to have to read and pay attention, and I can't just send him a letter saying, Send I me stuff. He's, yeah, he probably sent you. The last time he said, hey, here's how we'll do it, and here's the order form, and we need it by this date, et cetera, et cetera. And I you just emailed him, and I gave him my number, and yeah. I said, call me for the credit card. Isn't that all I should do? In a perfect world, <laughs> yes, but no. Perhaps not. There might be some form or something he wanted. Um, I did learn yesterday that the bare root roses that were expected the third week of December did not arrive the third week of December because uh, I think we just finished the third week of December. Well, today's the 18th. Yeah, but if you look at the calendar, right. one, two, three. Anyway, they were expected this week. They did not arrive. I heard that uh, labor shortages in the field, blah, blah, blah. Trucking shortages on the dock, blah, blah, blah. They did not say COVID, but the roses are delayed. They are expected next week now. I, I was told one of our trucks, uh, one of our orders is loading today, so we should have it probably Tuesday. Where, now, where are they driving from? The central, south central valley of California. So further south than Visalia? Because I yes. thought that's where they yes. were. Okay. That's where the fruit trees come from, but okay. the roses come from Wasco. Oh, I know Wasco. The Wasco Fulfillment Center. Got it. Is who sends us our, our, our roses. But uh, so they're a little bit behind. And five gallon containers, not available. They were ordered a couple of months ago. Well, they didn't come in. They were expected this month, but they didn't come in. Sorry. The standard black nursery pot five gallon container. Yeah. We, we, can, we can get them. We're expecting them now in January or February. So we had to scramble for some other pots so so the the new york times i believe a couple maybe three four days i think it was the times had an article about you know just shortages in general and we've we've talked in the past about fertilizer concerns uh had to have a new rose mix made because uh some of the fertilizer ingredients exactly so everything now now we're down to nursery pots that are unavailable and interesting the organics for organic fertilizers are are in short supply and guess what that does Supply and demand curves, something with costs, price. yeah. Drives up the cost. It's crazy. I, I, I was thinking about this this week as I was dealing with this, that I'm becoming used to dealing with shortages because everything is becoming a, sh- a shortage. And how awful is that, that in the United States of America, that we are having to do that? It, it, it boggles my mind, and it, it just... It bothers me to say that, but we're being trained, seasoned to accept it. Mm-hmm. That's normal. I don't know what well, the, the alternative headline, is. The news just said, is this the new normal? When I glanced up, so. Do you maybe, remember maybe making jokes about the new normal after we were started, you know, the two weeks to flatten, flatten the, the curve? curve? Right. The new normal. It is the new normal. Thank you, George. Here to help. Yeah. <laughs> Golly. Aren't you so glad anyway, you came did back you guys see America? that gorgeous moon this morning? It was, it was crystal very clear bright. out. Yes. It was gorgeous. Yes. Stars were out. I just missed the uh, space the shuttle. Space, right? space, space station. The space, yeah, space station. What did I say? By. Shuttle. You wow. said shuttle. I did. 
I'm not a very smart man. Yeah. No, um, you're not. But I <laughs> you can go there. You that. can go nah. there on the air. It's fine. Um, and I'm so glad the, the soaking rain. I, I, I'm repeating myself here, but you took me down this dark path during the brightest moon of the year, uh, the last brightest moon of the year. That you've known, you weren't here maybe with some of the others or you were sleeping in. We've had some beautiful moons. Well, we're not going to have any more full moons this year. That is true. So this is going to be the brightest one left of the year. Okay. Okay. Logic can't argue with it. If you would like to give us a call, (laughs) the number here is 888-344-1170. I'm just, I'm all out of sorts. Maybe I do need to go back south. There were some people that didn't want to come home. get on the plane. They were going to, they, they were talking on the plane why they, they hadn't just rebooked on the ship because it had had spaces on it and just gone back out again. For round two? Yeah. We did a, I didn't mention this, we did have 14 to 15 meter seas as we crossed the Drake Passage. And the, the captain big. was a, he was a believer in the metric system. He made that abundantly clear the first day. And I was admonished for whistling on the bridge. You do not whistle on the bridge. Apparently, we were cautioned about that in our in our welcome meeting, which I didn't listen to. And then on the bridge, I was whistling while I was standing next to the captain. He said, please don't do that. And I said, okay, I apologize. And you know what I did like five minutes later? Whistle. I have no idea. Again. I started whistling again. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I was... He didn't throw you overboard? He did not throw me overboard, but I went and did my research on why you don't whistle on the bridge of a ship. Do you know why? It no. challenges the winds. And on a ship, you do not want to challenge the winds because we had just crossed the Drake Passage when I was whistling on the bridge. Um, so you do not do that. And for other maritime facts <laughs> and, and uh, stories... If you would like to give us a call, the phone number here is 888-344-1170. I am not sure, but I think you are listening to Garden Talk here on AM 1170. KCBQ and KPRZ will be back with more and real Garden Talk right after this. Get your gardening questions answered by calling 888-344-1170. That's 888-344-1170. There is more Garden Talk on the way. Welcome back to Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery. Got a gardening question? Call 888-344-1170. 888-344-1170. Now, here's your hosts, Ken Anderson, David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman. It came upon the midnight clear That glorious song of old From angels bending near the earth To touch their hearts Welcome back. Or thank you for joining us for the first time to Garden Talk here on AM 1170 and KPRZ. I am David Ross along with Mark Mahady and George Allman. Ken is off for some unknown but 
Maybe he's decorating. It's a week from Christmas. It is. It is. And one week exactly to the day. One week exactly. If, if you would like to give us a call, the phone number here is 888-344-1170. That's 888-344-1170, like AM 1170, KCBQ, right? Correct. Well done. So what should we be doing on the last week before Christmas? Oh, by the way. Wrapping presents. Well, no, shouldn't we be trimming and working in the garden? We do that all the time. Are you going to help me here? Yes. Well, you, you, know, you should you be trimming. We do it all the time. No, no it, I, I, no, I agree. I, I, it's, you know what we should be it doing? It's busy. It should it, be a it busy It should be a very time. busy time. And, and I've, I've talked to a couple of customers during the week about it's time to, you know, if you haven't started pruning your, your fruit trees, it's time to get your deciduous fruit trees in particular. You should be out there and start pruning and spraying. I thought about it. Does that count? I think about it all mm. the time. No. No. Unfortunately. I, uh, I got a text while I was out of town. Uh, that one of my, my pomelo tree had been, I guess, overloaded with fruit, and it snapped. Ooh. And what should we do? And I said, um, take the fruit off of it, and I'll take a look at it when I get home. I should have said, take the fruit off of the snapped portion. <laughs> I, you know what? It, it seemed pretty self-evident to me when you said that. But when but... I got back, there wasn't a single pomelo on the tree. They are all sitting on my bales of straw from my torn apart uh, uh, potato bed. Right. But, um, and and they look like they're still, they're going to be fine because they were just beginning to ripen. But I, I did leave way too much fruit on it. And it was just a main inch and a half diameter stem that had come up that it had snapped. It, was that your Valentine? Is that the? No, it's Thong D. Okay. Uh, Valentine. You know, Valentine's in the backyard, and I haven't looked at it. <laughs> I don't know. So, so I need to do some trimming. I have done nothing. So we get pruning, obviously, and then spraying. And when we say spray, we often say dormant spray. What does that mean to you guys when you say dormant spray? Well, it means a period of time and a product. Okay. So what's the product when we say dormant? And the reason I ask is there, we, we, we are advocates of using horticultural oil. So yeah, for right. overwintering insects, and then some type of fungicide, whether it's copper or liquid copper, some, something like I that. I totally agree with both the, of But those. when you Correct. say dormant spray, is that one of those? Is it both of those? Because yes. traditionally, it could be either. But it, traditionally, isn't when we say dormant spray, it's usually a fungicide. That right? is correct. So that's why I'm asking what, what, you know, what the vernacular is for you. Yeah, I, I generally consider it a, a fungicide. Right. However, it more appropriately would be both or either a dormant oil or a, a fungicide. And I, I had a customer in Balboa Park, or near Balboa Park, who had a severe scale infestation on her roses. And I'd never really noticed that before, but it reminded me of the importance of dormant spraying with oil. Right. Because had there been or had I noticed, it would have taken care of it. And we frequently don't notice problems on our any of our trees or shrubs until they get out of, out of hand. And so it's a really good idea to spray with dormant oil and fungicide, even if you don't think you need it. I, I was talking to a customer the other day with regard to a lemon tree that and I, I cited that, was it Larry that called us from Oceanside about yeah. a lemon tree? It was doing poorly. He was going to rip it out, and we suggested using hot oil. Uh, and it 
It's yeah, trees beautiful. And it worked. And, and, and I so had that happy. same conversation with the customer because he said, that, you know, it's losing its leaves. It has the, and we went through all these different scenarios, how, how he's watering it, how he's fertilizing it. And I asked how often he's sprayed it because I never spray my trees. And we got to, well, here's a suggestion. And, and, and for that very reason, especially scale, because if you don't see a lot of ants, you can easily miss scale if they're on the upper branches hiding on the backside somewhere. Correct. Very right. true. I remember as a kid, I was an older kid. I was probably in high school and... My folks were paying some, in my mind, ungodly amount to a sprayer to come out and spray all their citrus trees every year. I'm like, I could do that. And he was spraying, I think, a copper and an oil. Because uh, I remember seeing a bluish hue to the leaves after the spray dried. And I remember I was working at Nurseryland in Spring Valley at the time. And I remember bringing home diazinon. <laughs> <laughs> and hooking it up to the hose end sprayer and spraying into the wind. With I mean, proper it was, PPE. Oh, yeah. with Masks. no PPE yeah. in the wind. It was so stupid. Oh. Can I say that? Well, for you me. Did. Yeah, yeah. You did. Yeah, I did. It was so unwise. How's that? That's a better way of phrasing it. It was so unwise of me. And I, um, well, not only look at what we think and know about diazinon at this point i'm pretty sure you can't purchase that anywhere <laughs> and uh anyway i i like the horticulture oil because i don't have to be as concerned about myself the environment or my neighbors um yeah it is, it is organic oil. it's just a, and it's not even a poison it's a suffocant yeah right and so using it as a dormant oil using it as a growing season oil using it for whatever ails is a a wonderful tool. Correct. And uh, as is the copper. Do you do you have a preference to copper soap versus copper sulf, uh What is the cook one? I don't remember. But I use the organic, uh, the bonide. Okay. Organic one. The soap. The copper so, soap. Yeah, right. The copper. The other copper. The blue stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it isn't. Yes. But what's it called? Oh, copper spray. <laughs> yeah. Now, in the past, I mean, up until not too long ago, when we said dormant spray, we were talking, it was like lime sulfur. That was the uh, that product. That was the product, which would defoliate your trees if they still had leaves on them. Which is perfect. Right. Because a lot of times the leaves want to hang out on the trees longer than you want them to, and so you would spray your roses or your fruit trees with lime sulfur at the dormant rate, and it would defoliate them. Now, there were some fruit trees that you couldn't use lime sulfur on. Yeah, I think you apricots. can use it on apricots. Apricots, yeah. And some, oh no, copper is some some grapes. It's yes. Yeah. But we don't have but to worry about that. We don't have to worry about, about that. that uh, yeah. Unless Oil you, and, and copper work really you well. Live, does is lime sulfur still available outside of the state of California? I you know I think it is. I had a customer who asked if we were we had any lime sulfur. So we can't buy it here. He goes, oh, I got it in Arizona. Yeah, that's but, what I thought. But I don't know, you know, if that's true or not. But that was anecdotal. It probably is. Uh, if you would like to give us a call, the number here is 888-344-1170. Um, have you begun the pruning on your fruit trees? Yeah, so this book in my hand, I, I grabbed the uh, pruning book just to, to take a gander at it again. I didn't know your name was Store Copy. I took this off our counter yesterday oh, okay. to bring in in case we got okay. into anything that we needed. It. I have a copy of this at home. Okay. Um, but we the book is useful in... in when we prune fruit trees, making sure you understand what type of cuts based on the tree. Like persimmons, for example, give you fruit on the new wood, the fruit that you, you know, the, the, the wood. So you can whack a persimmon tree and still get fruit. 
you can't do that on other trees like a peach or a nectarine. So it's important to know what kind of cut. So anyway, so to answer your question. Wait a minute, garden banter. I would submit to you, you can kind of do that on a peach or nectarine. Oh, you can. You just get less fruit. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. You can can cut it anyway. As Richard Wright used to say, you can cut, there are two bad cuts. The one you don't take and you let the, the tree get totally out of hand or the one that's below the graft. Anything after that, you just have to wait a little bit. That's right. right. So that's, that's a, it's right. a valid way to look at it. But to your question, have you begun your pruning? Yes, I got the book out, and I was just going to make sure I, I knew which trees needed to be cut in which manner before well, that I is, start. That's a beginning. Have you have you done any trees no. yet? No. Okay. Nor have I, including the pomelo, the aforementioned pomelo. I think it'll be for me after Christmas with just every It's hectic things going on. So right after Christmas, I will get out there and start pruning heavily and then spraying. I, I was, I have spoken to many people over the last year about them not getting fruit on their fruit trees, and I asked them about pruning, and it is kind of important if you're pruning fruit trees to know what you're doing. How it's they the truth. Fruit. Yeah, it, it is the truth. And, I mean. and and I have a neighbor who has done a magnificent job with his fruit trees. His trees are gorgeous. He spends a lot of time with them, and they look amazing. Much much better than. Somebody who's, who's his look neighbor. Better. Yes. Um, but he was complaining to me that he had gotten no pears. And I asked him about the pruning. Well, so often on so many fruit trees, one of the things that people have been trained to do is to remove all the small twiggy branches. Even if they spurs, may be yeah. fruiting spurs. And right. so <laughs> that's what he was doing. He was removing all of the fruiting wood from right. his pear and then wondering. Why it wasn't uh, producing was any fruit. fruit. Yeah. So it did produce more more pears this year, and he's not doing that. But it is so critical. All the different trees fruit on different branches, and knowing what that is, you've mentioned the persimmons. Peaches and nectarines produce on one-year-old wood. So this year's new growth is next year's fruit. And usually they produce so many, so much new growth, you have to prune a lot of it away so that the trees aren't overloaded and, and broken. And then apples and pears usually produce on those tiny little branches that a lot of people for, like to, to and remove. Those spurs, uh, apple tree spurs last, yeah. what, 8, 10, 12 years? More, individual more than, spurs, yeah, yeah. They can last even longer than that. And plums do the same thing. Right. And that is one of the beauties of apples, pears, and plums is you can get a lot of fruit in a very small space because once you develop the fruiting wood, you can always... Keep the tree that same size, and what 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 does Tom? And, and that's also in, that's important, like for espaliers. If you when you do that on your pears and, and apples, that's why they're so. That's what yeah yeah it's you so can easy use them, them for that for, yeah right. I guess I I. Uh, you know what? I did not hear what you just said. Would you repeat that's that, not, please? That's not uncommon. I know. <laughs> you, sometimes you even shake your head like you heard me. I was saying that's why um, uh, the palm fruits, the apples, and the pears do so well as an espalier because you can get them in a, in a shape. And cut them, and they just always produce in the same, in the same area. There is a walled garden at in Ashton, North Carolina, the the, the Biltmore, Biltmore estate, and that was the first time I had seen espalier pears. Uh, I'm used to apples because that's what we carry, but they had, you know, decades old pears on this enormous wall going around the garden. This was apples and pears, which I'd never considered. And I only pears. knew it as pears. First, I why know. is the? I, I think from um, from reading gardening books from the UK, I guess years ago, it was very it's very popular in French and, and um, English gardens. I, I was well into 
gardening before I learned how to read. So that's I, true. You know, there was, are picture was books. A, it was. <laughs> <laughs> I should have. I should have looked at them. Uh, if you would like to give us a call, I was not paying attention to the to the uh, phone screen, so we're gonna have to take a break at the bottom of the hour, and then we'll get back to to Fran and Kenna when we get back. You are listening to Garden Talk slash Banter here on AM 1170, KCBQ and KPRZ. If you'd like to give us a call, the number is 888-344-1170. We'll be back right after this. Get your gardening questions answered by calling 888-344-1170. That's 888-344-1170. There is more Garden Talk on the way. Welcome back to Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery. Got a gardening question? Call 888-344-1170. 888-344-1170. Now, here's your host. Ken Anderson, David Ross, Mark Mahaney, and George Allman. KCBQ and KPRZ. You are listening to the last live garden talk show of 2021. So if you do have any questions that you need answered before the end of the year, today is the last day to do it on the air. Otherwise, you'll have to call the nursery. But or if swing you by and do see it us. Here, the number is 888 344 1170. As promised, Fran and Vista. A lemon tree question. Spray it with oil. Thank you for calling. Next. <laughs> Good morning. Yes. Good morning, guys. Um, and it's so sad that this is the last show of the year, but uh, we'll have to get through it and wait for the new year to have your, your new show starting. Um, you were talking about deciduous trees and what you should do to take care of it. What about the oranges and lemons? Um, and we, I went to one of the seminars you had, and they were talking about Cinnaspat, which I bought, but... I don't know when to start it, so um, if you could give me some hints on that. I don't know if George and I were the presenters on that citrus class, but we must have done an awful job of presenting if we did not share that information. So, thank you for asking. When would you put down Spinosad or Captain Jack's dead bug brew? Well, because it's it's only useful on chewing insects, and we want to use it specifically for the leaf miner in citrus, I would wait till probably June. And it's it's listed on the label for six times a year on citrus, so we do it about once a month. I'd start one month before that. I start in June, but that's fine. You asked me when I started. I know. Yeah. I know. And I didn't say you were wrong. I said I would start that's it one correct. month before that. Mark, when would you do it? 
Uh, Same right day. around there, so May or April. Thank you. Or May. The last yeah. day of May and, yeah. and finish up the first day of June. Right, Mark? Yes. <laughs> well, the, the, the bug shows up usually mid to late May. Right. Yeah. So if you do the first spray, as I would recommend, not actually do because... You're just recommending when you should do it. When you Whether you do, do it, it or not is... is I still right. have mine on the shelf at right. home. I have never applied it. No, I did. No, 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 that's not true. I did it once about two or three years ago. Um, <laughs> if you do it in mid-May... Then once a month for six sprays takes you to mid-October, which should bring you, which should bring you to the end of the life cycle of the uh, citrus, citrus leaf, leaf miner. miner. And prophylactic spraying of anything, insecticidal soap, neem oil, horticultural oil, will eradicate the moth itself when it is, you know, fluttering around and landing on the leaves. Right. Any any product like that will kill the moth. It's just that the spinoset is effective when it lays the egg in the leaf. And we do highly recommend and encourage horticultural oil on citrus, but I wouldn't do that right now unless you have a serious infestation. I'd wait until probably March or April, let the weather warm up a little bit. There are some cautions on the horticultural oil with freezing temperatures and oh, yeah. and things with uh, oranges and things. So unless you really need to, I'd hold off on the horticultural oil. But we do recommend that you spray the horticultural oil once or twice a year preventively because there are probably bugs on your citrus that you don't know are there. And if you do it once or twice a year, it will prevent them from getting out of control. Okay. And there was one other question um, that's on blueberries. Um, I have two blueberry plants. Well, I when I first started out, if I had three and the rabbits took care of that, they kind of got it down to the ground and I lost uh, the three of them. So I bought one, this was years ago, and it's still in its original container, you know, the small, tall, squared on the top uh, container, uh, and it's grown great. I've got lots of blueberries from it. Then I bought another one. Can I still transplant the first one that I b- bought years ago into, a, <laughs> into something more appropriate than the container it's in now? Sure you can. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. But you know what I got out of that conversation when you said that was that you must have listened to David on buying plants and just leaving them in the container for a year or two or a decade. So I think you've learned a lot from David. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, you know what they say in the old seatbelt commercials? Remember their tagline? You can learn a lot from a dummy. Buckle your safety belt. So... As long as you're taking, now's a perfect time to transplant them. Right. And uh, we encourage you to use the azalea mix that we sell in the pink bags because they are a very acid-loving plant. Okay. And do I need to uh, kind of cut the roots or separate the roots uh, So because I'm, I'm sure it's pot-bound by this time? I usually uh, put on a pair of gloves and rough up the outside of the pot. I don't rip it apart too much. And okay. I do put on gloves to keep my hands soft and supple so they don't get dry and chapped. But... Um, <laughs> you can yeah. do it with the bare hand if you wanted. Okay. Like All most right. normal gardeners. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I can make it to the first of the year before uh, listening to another show. You really are entertaining as well as informative. So well, thank you, guys. It, thanks very much for the call. And Merry Christmas to all of you. Merry, Merry Christmas, Christmas to you, you as well. Thanks, Fran. If you would like to give us a call, the phone number is 888-344-1170. Let's go to Mira Mesa and talk to Kenna. Good morning. Oh, good morning. Well, I have a problem with my neighbor's tree. The roots are coming underneath the fence, and it's popping up the fence underneath, and it's growing into my patio, and I don't want it to get under the slab. So... 
I went to one of your centers and they gave me one of these uh, these rubber things to keep the roots and to change it around. But my 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 I, I'm concerned about the roots under the fence. And if I if I put this barrier in, the roots are going to go under the fence and pop it up. Well, so there's a couple of different issues here. And the, the root barriers that we sell are traditionally a heavy plastic barrier to direct the roots down. Um, and I'm not familiar with a rubber one. There's another one that is made oh, out that's of... that's the one they gave me. Okay. It's that barrier, yeah. Um, and if you dig a trench on your side of the fence and put that down, it should help to direct roots down. Um, it's not going to eliminate them all. Some of the roots are going to go under that. And it depends on how big the roots are and how much work, effort, and damage you put into it. Um, there are legal ramifications of... For both sides. For both sides. Right. And so I'd be very cautious. Are these neighbors that you can talk to with whom you can um, chat? I I uh, talked to him about maybe 10 years ago when we put a fence, you know, that we had to replace that fence between us. Well, I, I, um, would start, I would start by chatting with them or him and see if he will try and do some work from his side of the fence so that you aren't involved with cutting the roots or I don't know. How big of a tree is this? Is destabilizing this the tree, tree an issue? tree is almost as tall as, um, they're taller than a palm tree, and he's got a Mexican palm tree also on his side. These roots, there are one or two roots that are the size of a broom handle, oh. Oh, that's and the... there are maybe two others almost not quite that thick, but they're pretty thick. I cannot cut them. Okay, well, I would start with talking to the neighbor, and roots the size of a broom handle most likely are not going to be a problem for you to remove. They're not going to destabilize a big tree like you're referring. Like right, you're and, spe about. and speaking with the neighbor, he may be amicable to, to just root pruning on his side if it's close to the fence to help, and then you can just remove the roots on your side. That That's where I would start. Um, property issues, tree issues, root issues, fence issues can become very, very, very expensive legal issues very quickly. So I would try and start just with a chat with the neighbor and see if he will take care of it and allay your concerns. Um, so then what would he have to do? He would have to actually dig a trench and actually cut that root on his side. Correct. Correct. That's it's absolutely a, correct. A root pruning. And, and if, oh, if, the, uh -huh. if the roots are as, as thick as you indicated, that as David said, you know, on a large tree, that should not be a problem. Okay, okay. All right, well then, um, I will do that. I will have him come over and look at what's happening, and maybe he can do something about it. Great. That's the best place to start. Good, good okay. luck with it, Kenna. And thanks uh, for thank calling. Thank you very much, and Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you. If you would like to give us a call, the phone number is 888-344-1170. Um, nothing can make problems more quickly than roots, of, roots yeah. and trees and border neighbors, issues with yes. neighbors. It's the truth. Fences make good 
Neighbors. Good fences make good neighbors. <laughs> you know where I heard that the first time? I was up in Eagle Peak near Pine Hills in Julian, and the gentleman was telling me about how his neighbor's horses had gotten out and destroyed something, and he, he said good neighbors, good fences make good neighbors. I'd never heard that before. F- fences are much more ubiquitous in California than where I grew up. Right. People, not only that, they're everywhere. Not only that, but everybody has them. Yeah. <laughs> I grew up, no one had fences except for, you know, the, the little bit of the backyard so the dog could run around. But, you know but, what, when I was growing up, nobody had, very few fences existed. We used to be able to walk the neighborhoods and cut through different people's backyards to go over to the baseball field. I mean, it right. was common. It's not common anymore. No. So depending on how close... Uh, her neighbor's tree is to the fence, the tree itself. I, I think that's pretty. Well, I, we didn't ask her how tall the palm tree was, but she said the tree was taller than the big palm tree, right? Right. Which means, which implies that it's a huge established old tree and a broomstick sized root is Shouldn't most be, likely not yeah. going to no. gonna be an issue. Correct. We, we failed to ask what if she knew what kind of tree it was. Well, yeah. I'm wondering if it's a ficus, just out of curiosity. That's a good question. Why didn't you ask it? I failed to. I said we forgot to ask. We well, didn't ask. We. we. Well, did I you s- ask? I did not. Okay, nor did Mark, nor did I. So we collectively failed to ask uh, that question. Th- thanks, George. <laughs> if you would like to give us a call, the phone number is 888-344-1170. We're going to take another break, and we'll be back right after this. Get your gardening questions answered by calling 888-344-1170. That's 888-344-1170. There is more Garden Talk on the way. Welcome back to Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery. Got a gardening question? Call 888-344-1170. 888-344-1170. Now, Here's your hosts, Ken Anderson, David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman. Silent night, holy night, all is calm, all is bright, round yon Garden Talk on AM 1170 and KPRZ. I am David Ross along with Mark Mahady and George Allman. Brendan, thank you. Those are excellent, excellent choices. Thank now, you. There are some of my favorite covers of those songs, too. Who was so. that? It sounded, I Alan, first Jackson. Alan Jackson. That's Alan Jackson, correct. Good job, guys. Yeah. Well done. I, if, when I first heard him, I thought it was Willie Nelson, but then I realized it wasn't. Sorry. Well, you were um, on the right genre. It was a country singer. Okay, thank you. <laughs> um, let us go to Oceanside. We have a call from Larry. I hope this is, is Lemon Tree Larry. Larry? Lemon Tree Larry? 
Uh, no, no, Oceanside. Yeah, you have. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I thought that was David singing. Um, but uh, <laughs> listen for the show and to the store. Go to the store. I really appreciate you guys. Um, my neighbors put in these block walls. Seems like everybody's doing them now to get extra footage in their backyards. Um, but I've noticed that my one of the walls I have, one of the uh, the slopes, is starting to move. You know, with this rain that we're getting, is there any good trees that take really good root to maybe stabilize the hill? Yes, there are. Anything <laughs> else we can help you with? <laughs> no, that's it. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Thanks for calling. A fast-growing tree or shrub uh, will help to stabilize it, but if the the hillside's moving already, um, there there might be a problem with the wall trying to support too much weight behind it. Yeah. Yeah, well, they put on both sides. I don't have a wall, but they do. Okay. Um, but it seems like moisture's coming this way as well. Do, do you the have, rain we're getting now. Do, do you have a, a Western Garden book by chance? I do. Uh, it, depending on the edition, there's a section in the front under problem solving or something like that, and they list plants for slopes. You might want to take a look at that. Okay. And then, and they'll okay. give you some, some good plants that are uh, useful in retaining and preventing erosion. Yeah, it's, it's I just I think down the line it's going to be a pro- big problem. Well, then but, you would you would be well served to start now and put something in to try and and strengthen and stabilize that wall. The one that comes to mind is a very fast growing tree, the uh, myoporum or shrub, and there's a variety called true green, clean and green, clean and green clean and that green. doesn't get the uh, doesn't get the thrip damage. But it's such a fast-growing tree, you just or shrub. You just want to make sure you keep it kind of top down so that it doesn't get top-heavy and pull the pull your bank over more. But it has an yeah. extensive and rapid-growing root system. Yeah, that you, might be good for the base and have it grow up the hill. So, all right, man. Hey, thanks a lot. Appreciate you guys. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to Take you care, as well. Larry. Uh, for you those of you who do not know, it was. Quite a few years ago, on an on radio station, a radio station far, far away in another land in time, when Larry called because his lemon tree was, he was ready to replace it. He wanted to know what to replace it with because it was dead. That's who I was mentioning earlier. I, I had shared that story with one of our customers. The same story. And we talked to him a little bit more and decided that it was a possibly a bug problem. Try spraying it with oil before you yeah rip it out. Get rid of the exactly. tree exactly. And within a, a, well, that day he came, that Saturday he came into the nursery and bought the oil. And within a month, he was back in the nursery telling us how much new growth had come out. So it did have a scale infestation that was taking all the energy from it. And he solved it. That's right. And and you don't have to start a new tree and and get one, you know, start it and get it all mature. Then you've had this tree in your yard for years that's working. Nice roots. Excellent. All right. Um, Thanks for the call larry let's go down to chula vista and see what alan has to say to close out the new year the old year good morning, <laughs> good morning alan. guys uh hey that was a great discussion with larry um i'm basically calling about the same thing kind of the same thing i've got a eureka lemon it had a, a pretty bad scale infestation here a while back and i got um the horticultural down at the enterprise store and they had, they had a really neat, I don't know, uh, Mike may know about it. They had a really neat sprayer uh, made by Hudson. It's a nozzle sprayer with an on-off nozzle and a bottle attached to the bottom. 
and you put the oil in and you set the uh, uh, the metering on on the uh, sprayer itself, and it and it sprays the number of uh, teaspoons per gallon or whatever the measure would be. And uh, anyway, I sprayed the tree, and it looks like it took care of the scale, but the tree just looks like it's uh, almost like it's not alive. It's uh, uh, got plenty of green on some sides, but the area that had the scale in it um, just doesn't look like it's doing much of anything. Is it uh, too early to expect any new growth from the tree this time of year? Yeah, yes, it is. Um Usually they will start to put out growth right away, and it probably still will, but some of the branches you're describing may be dead on one side, and so those will not. But as we head into the new year and as we pass, what day is coming up, George? On Tuesday, the winter solstice. The After we longest pass day, that shortest short, day Longest or day or of the summer night. on the other side of the world where you just were is where I was okay. going. Yeah. Um, the days start getting longer. As it warms up, probably coming into March or April, you'll start to see a whole lot more growth on there. Best thing to do, just leave the tree alone and fertilize and water it, and then just wait to see what happens. That's what I would do. And if you haven't fed it recently, even though it is almost the dead of winter, I would, uh, oh no, it's almost the first day of winter, right? It is the first day coming uh, up. Yeah. I would throw some, some fertilizer out before the rain that we get next week. So if Correct. the rain materializes, throw some food out and then uh, wait until a good rain in sometime in February and throw out a lot of food then and let the rain push it into the soil for you. Okay. Um, I have, in the past, I've gotten the Grow Power uh, fruit tree fertilizer over at Enterprise Store. Is that, is that a preferred fertilizer or is the chemical fertilizer okay? The chemi- Well, is it preferred or is the chemical fertilizer okay? Yes, that is preferred, and yes, the chemical fertilizer is okay. Okay, good deal. All right, thanks a lot for the show, guys. It's really interesting. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas Merry to Christmas, you. Alan. Thank you too, Alan. Thanks very, very much. Bye. Any final thoughts on the year? No, I, we, I, would, look, I sprung that on you without yeah, Well, anything. just looking forward to a new year and, and, yeah, and moving and, past, and, and moving past right? Is. Yeah, because everything's getting back to normal, right? We're all sitting, I don't know. Grateful don't. for everything that I have. How about that? Actually, Correct. that's excellent. You know, regardless of what we just went through, I'm grateful for all I have. That is the best Can't thing that you exactly. could possibly say. Yes, be grateful for what you have. Um, that's going to be it for Garden Talk for 2021. Um, we are going to be back in like one week from today is Christmas. Right. Two weeks from today is New Year's Day, right? Right. And we will be back the following week with a fresh new hour of garden talk slash banter. On the 8th, and that's when our classes start back up at both stores. At both stores. So everybody have a merry, merry Christmas and a very safe and happy new year. And we will be back with you live after the first of the year. Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas. Thanks for joining us on Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery, your source for gardening, landscaping, and horticulture news. Still have a question for the Garden Talk crew or want to learn more about the show, how to become a guest or sponsor? Send an email to askanexpert at walteranderson.com. That's askanexpert at walteranderson.com or visit walteranderson.com. There's more professional gardening advice next week at this same time on Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery. 
This program is sponsored by Walter Anderson Nursery.